For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all the things, all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Thank you, Jasmine. All right. Um, happy New Year, everyone. 2022. All right. Before I begin um, the message, um, we are having communion today. If you don't have your cups and you want to participate in communion, the ushers will provide one for you. And also, those who are attending with us online or Zoom, uh, if you want to also participate, uh, it's a good time now to go prepare uh, your elements too. And after the message, we're going to come together as a, as a body, of the, as a church, and take communion today. All right? So, having said that, let's go into the message. Um, I mean, how many of you guys stay up uh, midnight for New Year's? You guys? Crazy people. <laughs> how many of you went to Times Square? Okay, only one crazy person. All right. That's crazy. <laughs> I always wanted to, but uh, yeah, fatigue just sets in. So it never happens to me. But however, um, you know, I notice I just, you know, just like everyone else in the whole world, we can't wait for 2021 to end and flip the page to 2022. We did the same thing back in 2020. <laughs> it's like, and it's just like, um, I, I felt like this new year was, it, it's not a typical new year. Because usually what happens before 2020 is that there is a huge sense of optimism, you know, fresh start. You know, um, I also listened to a po podcast where our worship leader, Kat, was in a, in, she's in a podcast. <laughs> and she said she loves New Year's because it's some, you know, somehow magical. And, and I kind of empathize with that kind of sentiments. And I think a lot of us do as well because, you know, we want a fresh start and there's something incredible about uh, a new year, you know, and, and so we get excited about that. But, but I don't know about you, maybe it's the weather, it, you know, it's extended from Saturday all the way today. It's, it's kind of gloomy, isn't it? Lights are a little dim and, uh, you know, we want to get excited. And I, I was even watching the, the uh, people on TV, they're, 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 to me, they were a little bit too animated, you know what I mean? It's like, we're all trying to be excited. And yet the reality is it's, it's a little bit different. And, you know, I don't want to go into what all that might mean, but obviously we're still in a pandemic and, you know, uh, whether the numbers bother you or not, the reality is that it affects us in some way. You know, it'll affect our uh, personal lives. It's going to affect the school for sure. I don't even know if it's going to go into hybrid in our school system. Uh, it affects our church 
You know, people are opting not to come back because whatever reasons there are, and it's absolutely going to affect our world. So this is what we still have to deal with in the new year. Um, and I was reminded that uh, we, we're in year three, guys, not of church planting. I keep emphasizing we are in year three of church planting, but we're also year three in this global pandemic, and it's not a fun thing. You know, uh, my daughter, uh, she began her high school career, you know, uh, a few couple of years ago, and, uh, and she reminded me, now she's a junior, and she's still in this uh, pandemic protocol, if you will, and just because just reminds me, like, wow, we're in this, and this is ongoing, you know. But anyway, this is how we're starting the new year, and I don't want to be gloomy and all, but this is our reality, right? Um, but here's the thing: we are in this uh, new series now, and and the more I think about uh, what God wants us to say to the church, and especially to S City, um, and and. Uh, I feel like uh, he will say something great. Why? Because whatever situation that you're in, whatever, when, when you're in the middle of something uncontrollable, and, you know, it's not just this pandemic. I'm sure last year was tough on other, reason, uh, other levels as well. And, and how do you get through that, you know? Uh, you know? There are many ways, I guess, we can think about how to get through your difficulties, but here's the main focus. My question is, Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what we're going through, how do you strive to persevere and how do you thrive in the midst of that? Especially when you have this reset button and it's not working. <laughs> the new year is supposed to uh, reset this thing, but it's not working. So then, then if it's not working and if your life is not reset and if you're still in your same circumstances, how do you persevere? How do you thrive? You know, that's, that's kind of been the question that's on the, you know, forefront of my mind uh, as we kind of turn this page to 2022. And so I look at this uh, series here, um, and we're going to begin with um, uh, Ephesians. And, and, I, and I hope that this series will help us do that, okay? Um, as we move forward into this new year, um, I, I call the, the series... Uh, letters from the Roman jail, <laughs> all right? It sounds kind of depressing, right? But, but it really is the reality of these three books that we're going to look at, four books, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Those letters were written when Paul was in prison in jail. And so even though the church necessarily is not, was not in captivity, St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the, the leader and the uh, one who's causing the movement of this church, he was arrested by the government on frivolous charges, uh, threatening to stop the movement of the way they call it, which was which is Christianity. And in his imprisonment, uh, Saint Paul is sitting there uh, in his Roman jail, but which was a house arrest at that time, and he wasn't sure if he was going to live and continue the ministry, or if he was going to die before he gets his uh, court case with Caesar. And so, and so with that in mind, he writes these letters to the church, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, so that, and here's the thing, and this is what I'm going to keep pushing today, 
so that the church will continue to persevere, so the church will continue to thrive. And that's what the, uh, uh, the, the, the focus of these letters are going to be about, all right? And the words that we've uh, read here, and I'm sure you have heard so many sermons on these books, the, those words that are penned in these letters um, were written not just for the, to get us a theological understanding of what a church is. It's more than that. It's written from his heart. He poured over it with his soul. And there's a lot of prayers written in here because he endured hardships and suffering for the people and with the people at times. And in a sense, these letters that he's given us is, is, is that he's given us a playbook, if you will, a playbook for the church to do what? To persevere and to thrive under uncertain times in any circumstance because he may live or he may die. He wasn't sure. He didn't know. And he wrote this for the benefit of the church. So because of that, we have his writings, two-thirds. And, you know, he's composing these letters. Uh, St. Paul wrote two-thirds of um, the New Testament in which we have it canonized for our edification, all right? And he wrote them while he was in captivity, while he was in jail, all right? So today, what I want to do is at least I'm going to begin with Ephesians chapter 1. We read the uh, second part of chapter 1. I want to personalize this letter that he wrote to the church, and I want to personalize it to as city church. In a sense, St. Paul is addressing to us, all right? And so here it is. I call this uh, sermon letter to a city. <laughs> it's for us. It's not for some Christians long, long ago. Excuse me. <laughs> it's for you and I, all right? So let's hear what he is telling us and, and, and what we're supposed to get out of it today, especially in the context of 2022 in this new year in this pandemic. All right. Uh, before I do that, there's three points. I wanna, first, I want to talk about the context. I want to talk about uh, how this letter was written so that we can see uh, how St. Paul got this for us. Then I want to talk about the message itself, all right? So let's look at the first one, the context. And um, here's the background of the book of Ephesians or the letter uh, to the Ephesians. And so um, if you know your Bible history, what you'll find is that uh, uh, Paul was converted in chapter 8, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 9, and then, uh, long story short, he becomes a missionary all around the, uh, uh, his area to start planting churches. In his, he went uh, four missionary journey, uh, journeys. Some people say he went to five. But in his second missionary journey, he went to this area uh, 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 called Asia Minor. It shows this map, all right? So in this map, uh, there's a lot of churches there, but there's a, in the middle, there's a, a, a city called Ephesus. And he visited there, and he met a, a power couple, a Christian, Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, he met them, and he appointed uh, the husband-wife team to help lead this church as he continued to do other church plants. Long story short, he goes to another, a third round of mission trip, and he visits the city of Ephesus again. And while he is there, he, instead of leaving, not only just encouraging the church, encouraging the church, he actually stays there. And he stays there for three years, guys. 
and he and uh, he's there to not only uh, strengthen uh, uh, the people there, but he uh, uh, to really develop uh, the ministry. And his ministry was so effective that it caused him great trouble. Three years he was there, and and the gospel presence in this city. You know what he did? It disrupted the economy. One thing you have to know about uh, Ephesus, it was a religious center. And uh, it was a, the temple, a huge temple of Diana was there. And it was about the cult of fertility. And so the whole Ephesus, a majority of it, was based, economy was based around the temple. And so they made idols and so forth to sell. That's how they made their living. But when people started to get converted, they didn't need idols anymore, which meant the, um, the economy the idolatry business was suffering. And so there was a huge uproar, and they kicked him out, almost killed him, and that's why he left uh, Ephesus. And there, um, eventually, his protege, young Timothy, became the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Um, and so this is the background, all right? And the reason why I say all this, because as the letter of Ephesus is being written in jail, all right? after uh, the time that he spent time there. I want to show you that, that this church had a special place in St. Paul's heart, all right? Um, and if you read this letter, and, 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 and we're going to go through each chapter every week, what you'll find is that you won't find any issue in this church particularly. You're not going to see St. Paul addressing sins and so forth to correct the church. What you find is that uh, this uh, has this church was kind of doing well. It was, in a sense, a time of peace, you know? Uh, and so Paul is in jail at this time, and he's continuing to encourage the church, uh, even though you're doing well, but I'm writing this to you. Because first of all, I'm not sure if I'm going to be here or not, but, but regardless, I want you to still persevere, and I want you to still thrive under any circumstances in peacetime, and in spiritual, in times of spiritual warfare, all right? Um, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul, eventually, he does die. Uh, he, this, this book was um, <clears throat> written around 50, to, you know, scholars, they all, they're not really uh, agreeing on exactly when this was written, but maybe mid-50 A.D., 57 A.D., and, uh, and but, but if you know the Christian history, St. Paul actually uh, died about maybe 10 or years or so later. The government ultimately did execute him for teaching and preaching another deity. Because remember, at that time, in Roman culture, there was only one deity, and that was Caesar. And then he's preaching another deity, Jesus Christ, which eventually got him killed. And, and now he's gone. You know, in the news this past week, uh, a lot of people, you know, when the year ends, the, uh, you know, TV always summarizes significant figures who passed away, all celebrities and stuff. Uh, Desmond Tutu is a very important celebrity, not a celebrity, but a figure, archbishop, all right? Uh, and, and he passed away. And, 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 and it's a huge loss for the people of South Africa, you know, and you wonder, What's going to happen after that? Who's going to take that spiritual authority there so that apartheid will continue to be fought, right? 
And, and even before them, there, there was Nelson Mandela and in our country, MLK Jr. Uh, this month, we're going to be celebrating his death. And so when significant figures pass away, that's that, that's that big question. What next? You know, um, even, even people that we uh, idolize in our family, maybe patriarchs and matriarchs, they probably pass. And then you say, who's going to hold the family together? So, so when, when someone that important is gone, then what happens? And this is kind of the sense that the Apostle Paul is giving here and the church was feeling because he did eventually die and about 10 or so years after the letter was written, you know? And so um, how will the church persevere? How will they thrive? That's a big question. Well, yeah, he does give the answer, actually. So let's go to point two, the message. What is the message? Um, there's a lot of things he says here, but I want to summarize it, at least in chapter one. This is, I think, the crux of the message. It's, very, it's highly theological. And I'm not, and I, I don't want to parse every word here because every word deserves <laughs> to be emphasized because it is that important. But here, I want to sum it up for you because uh, this is important. Now, I want to give you the message of what St. Paul is giving to the church in two ways, good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? All right, I'll give you the, you know, I decided I'm going to give you the good news first. You know why? Because there is a bad news component to his message, and, and the bad news is so bad, it's really bad. <laughs> so I'm going to hold off on that. So let me get positive first, all right? Here is the good news that St. Paul has given to the church and, and he's, in a sense, giving us, giving it to us. Because remember, it's a letter to a city church. Here's the good news. All right. Um, I was looking at this and there's some similarities between the Ephesians church and a city church. And number one, they both start with E. Thank you, thank you. I'm the master of the obvious, but that was kind of cool. Anyway, but here's something even more. <laughs> the St. Paul was in the church, built it up for three years. And of course, we're in your three years of planting, so that was kind of coincidental. <laughs> but forget about all that. Here's really what our similarities are. Like the church in Ephesus, remember when he wrote this letter, this good news message to uh, uh, the church, like us, this is where the similarity is, there, we were, they are in relative uh, time of peace. There was no drama. You want drama? Let's look at the book of Romans. You want drama? Let's look at Galatians, right? Let's look at First and Second Corinthians. Now, that's drama. <laughs> but if you look at Ephesians, there isn't much stuff, you know, stuff like that is not there, and that's not what Paul is trying to do. So there's our commonality. So in that case, what is he uh, encouraging this peaceful, stable, solid church to do? He's telling the church to do this. Persevere and thrive in the time of peace also. How does he do that? What is the good news? How do you do that, you know? Well, he says, church, remember who you are. Remember your identity, and, and this is very, very important, especially after you became a Christian. These days, 
you know, as, as culture is changing, as new issues are arising, the issue of identity among human beings today, Christian or not, that is being challenged. <laughs> and our identities are so confused right now. Gender identities, uh, political identities, religious identities, you name anything and everything, and it's all up for debate. So St. Paul is saying, here's good news. You have an identity, and let's plant this really well. And in fact, what we find is, if this was a Bible study, we would study uh, verses 1 through 14. We begin in verse 15, and there's a reason for that. But verses 1 through 14 is your identity. He says, claim this. And essentially, this is what he's saying. I'm just going to summarize it. And this is your identity. If you're a Christian, if you've been baptized, if you receive Jesus Christ in your life, this is who you are, all right? Forget what the culture has said about you. According to St. Paul, he says, because of Jesus, we, the body of Christ, we inherently, oh man, are you ready for this? I know you got your Christmas gifts and all that, but that's nothing compared to this. We have a gift, which is a spiritual blessing that God has given to us right now, right now, which means that even though this year, 2022, or this past year, or even though your circumstances might look difficult, even though marriages are still hard, some marriages are on the verge of collapsing, right? Even though our future may look uncertain, and even though we don't feel holy right now, it's kind of gloomy, we're kind of moody right now, and not only that, we don't even feel forgiven by God, and we still have issues with other people, even though that may be your situation now, in verses 1 through 14, St. Paul says, the fact is that God still has blessed us. Isn't that something? Not only that, but, but his bless, spiritual blessing, your Christmas gift, your spiritual blessing is with you now. It wasn't when, you, when things are going great. It wasn't when, you know, uh, your relationships were fine or when you had a good job. No, no, no. Even if your life is falling right now, it is, you still have it now. This means, as a conclusion here in this summary, that we are holy, he says. And we're also blameless. Amazing. <laughs> despite your faults and despite all the dumb things you've done, you're still holy. <laughs> you're still blameless before God. And how is that? Well, because he adopted us. He chose us. And, 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 and he went on the cross for us. He destroyed sin for us. And this is the cause of why we are holy and why we are blameless. He exchanged his death for our uh, uh, resurrection, if you will. And he, and, and he forgave, in our Lord's prayer, the trespasses of our sins. He did all that. That's why you're so blessed. And guess what? That's your identity. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, verses 1 through 14 is, is tremendous stuff. I just kind of went right through it. But St. Paul's reminding us, to claim our spiritual inheritance now. It's yours, even though you may not feel holy or forgiven. That is our gift here, all right? You know, um, having said all, that's the good news. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, that is what we need right now. Because 
trying to celebrate a new year, at least for me, I don't know about you, it's like trying to, trying to look at the glass, not half empty, but, but, but almost empty. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's kind of surprising that I'm thinking this way because I'm usually a uh, optimistic guy. <laughs> I'm usually all about positivity, vision, and optimism, and I am, all right? But, but at times I do feel this way, all right? And that's why for me, I need this, this good news more than ever because I'm not sure what's going to happen in 2022. I'm not sure if it's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, we were promised that early fall, but it ain't happening. It's actually looking worse, you know? Uh, and we're still in year three. I don't know how long it's going to last. And it and it's really uh, is not encouraging. Um, you know, yesterday at our home, uh, we're in a you know, Korean culture home. And uh, what we do is we have uh, uh, Korean traditional things. And uh, in, in, in New Year's Day, the traditional way is everybody get together and we eat um, rice cake dumpling soup. All right? It's delicious. <laughs> and uh, I guess it symbolizes uh, good fortune, long life, or I'm just making stuff up, but it sounds good, right? <laughs> but it's good. But, you know, wherever we are, we come together every January 1st. Every, every year, and ever since I married into uh, my wife Hyunsu's family, uh, we've, we've been doing this. So there were so many January 1st meals with grandparents, with cousins, relatives, and it's a fun thing. <laughs> we have Christmas, we do all that, and we got to do it again the week after. So it's, it's usually a really busy time for us. But this past weekend, Again, as I kind of shared in the beginning, it was a little different. It felt different. Maybe, again, I, may, I, I'll just blame the rain. It was a miserable uh, thing, you know, but, but, but there was something missing, you know. Um, um, maybe I was watching too much uh, news. I don't know, <laughs> but the trends and, and all that. All I know is that um, is is is. I don't. I still can't under, I can't tell you what that was. That missing piece. But all I know is that as I as I'm preparing for this message and I'm trying to deliver it to you, this sub theme that I'm that that keeps coming over and over in my heart is is you have to persevere. You have to thrive. No matter how you feel, no matter what the news has said, no matter how crazy this year is going to be politically, no matter if no one ever comes to church anymore because of whatever. You still have to persevere. And that's the good news here, you know? That's the good news. Uh, in fact, we began uh, verse 15, and that good news is applied this way. St. Paul says, yes, this doctrine is who we are in our identity as Christians. But the good news is that it's not enough. It's not just left in the head. It's not enough. What Paul does, St. Paul does in verse 15 on, is a prayer. He says, now he begins to pray. He thinks about the Ephesian church, and he says, I thank God for you. And, I'm, and every time I think about you, I pray, my, and I'm so delighted to pray for you. And, and by virtue, he's also praying, if you will, for S City Church. And the essence of his prayer is that 
all this identity of who you are in Christ, this theology of what Christ has done for you, he prays that you get it in your soul, that you actually believe it. And you know how you're going to do that? It's through the Holy Spirit. And in fact, if you look at verse 17, it's quite, quite amazing. He does the whole Trinitarian thing. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's this God? God the Father and Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may give you what? The spirit of wisdom, the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God that brings the reality of verse 1 through 14 down to your soul such that not only do you believe it, but you work it out and you live it. Because otherwise, it's just, it's just theory. It's, it's, you know, my reality doesn't seem that way. And, and you, you forget who you are in Christ. But he says, if you get the Holy Spirit, let Holy Spirit drive that truth into your soul. No matter what this year is going to be like, you're going to persevere and you're going to thrive Despite your mood, despite your uncertainties, despite circumstances. This is the message. This is the message that I feel like God's giving to us. I know I need it, so I'm preaching to myself. But maybe you may benefit too. Maybe our church will benefit from this kind of news. It's good news that this church needs and would need to experience this power of the gospel that is driven into our souls by the Spirit of God. All right? If we do that, this year you will persevere. You will thrive. And I'm sure of it. Again, it is one thing to know the good news, but totally another way to live it. And if you really want to live this out, you need the Holy Spirit to drive you. All right? All right. The lastly, respond to the message. I told you that good news is good because there's also the flip side, the bad news. And St. Paul is also not directly here, but there is bad news associated with this. And, and I held this because the bad news is really bad. And I don't want to leave off with that either. And here's the bad news. The bad news is that um, for the church in Ephesus, all right, the gospel presence, all the stuff that I was preaching about for the past 15 minutes, it got lost. It didn't last. That's the bad news. All right. The church in Ephesus held on in the beginning. Because remember, he wrote this, and everything was cool. People were loving each other. There was no drama in the church. There was no fighting and splitting. It was cool. They were doing well. The gospel presence was going forth. And not only that, but, but the other churches throughout Asia Minor were being blessed, and churches were planted all around Asia Minor. But within 30 years, all right, this is even after the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, died. Within 30 years of the inception of this church, and this is where it gets even more depressing. The church started to wane from its gospel calling, you know, like a, a, a season in a weather, you know. It's, supposed, it's winter season, you know. When I was a kid, I used to love snow. Now we own this building, I hate snow. 
But we gotta go through it, okay? And 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 in the church, church in Ephesus is going through this season now. It was an amazing season for the uh, first 30 years. By the time first century was ending, the apostle John, Saint John also wrote letters to the church. He had a vision one day, and uh, Jesus told him to talk to the churches, Ephesians, F, church in Ephesus included, and the other six other churches in Asia Minor, and to speak to them. And what we see here in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4, 5, let me just read this. This is the word to this church that was thriving, that St. Paul told him to persevere so that you can thrive. This is what Jesus was saying. But I have this against you, church, church of Ephesus, that you have abandoned the first love that you had. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And Jesus says, repent. And do the works you did at first. In other words, the first 30 years of your existence. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you repent. Again, the good news. St. Paul has passed away. Who's going to take that mantle now? Well, there was, Timothy was there. Uh, Apostle John, St. John was the pastor too. And after that, there were uh, uh, Clement, their early church figures that held that church together. But then afterwards, um, things start to wane and decline. And in fact, they got direct words from Jesus. He says, go back to your first love. In other words, go back to your identity, who you are in Christ. And the bad news is that the church lost that. Did they persevere and thrive? They could have, and they should have, because they had all the re spiritual resources. They were blessed. But it says, unless you repent. And this is, this is the worst part of the bad news. Because if you think about Turkey today, the country of Turkey, because that's where Asia Minor was at that time, what kind of country is it? It certainly is not a Christian country. It is a Muslim country. It was, and in fact, uh, there was, you know, historically there was wars, the church came in, all that kind of stuff. But you don't, so, and in fact, the city of Ephesus is still there, but there's no church. There's no more church. So, um, good news, bad news. Good news is that, oh my gosh, we're, we're in a, we, have, we, have, we have it. We have the spiritual tools and blessing to thrive, to persevere through anything. But the bad news is that we could close. <laughs> that's the bad news. And it's reality. It's happening all around. But thanks be to God. I'm not going to end on a sad note, but thanks be to God. He says, unless you repent. You say, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> well, you don't have to do anything wrong. Uh, church in Ephesus didn't, didn't commit adultery. They didn't steal. They didn't do anything the Corinthian church did. But they lost their first love. If our hearts are divided and you lose Jesus, man, we got to repent. <laughs> you could be the best person in this world. You could be so loving and caring. You could be... You know, everybody could love you on social media. But if you lose your love for Jesus, you just turn that corner. And, and we've got to fight, church. Oh, boy. I had a nightmare the other day. 
I'm not going to tell you because it's scary. <laughs> and it's scary because it was like this, that our church lost its first love. And, oh, it was scary. Maybe that's why I'm preaching this. I don't know. But, you know, as long as God has me here, I'm going to preach like this. I'm going to cry out to the Lord and, and encourage you. Let's persevere. Let's thrive. I don't care what the COVID number says. I don't care what, you know, Donald Trump, oh, he's not a president anymore, right? I don't care what all these politicians or whatever do. It doesn't matter. We have Jesus. Even if we become a communist state, it doesn't matter. We have Jesus. Do you understand? It's going to be okay. Let's persevere. We have to. We had no option. We planted this church, and we took all the safety nets out. You know, the fact is 2022, it's a miracle we're here. Because 2021, we went for broke. Everything. I can't believe we're starting a new year. Yeah, we're going to be here next year? I have no idea. But guess what? We're going to go. We're going to persevere. And by his grace, we're going to thrive. As long as you're with the gospel. So that's why we need this so bad. This is our spiritual blessing and spiritual power. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into a time of communion. I'm going to ask the prayer praise team to come up. I want to lead us into prayer. And then I'm going to invite you to prepare for the Lord's Supper. And those of you who are watching via Zoom, uh, get your elements ready. If you want to thrive in this year, in this year we need this. We have no option. This is the only certainty and guarantee that I can give you which is the gospel. But let's pray, prepare our hearts. Father, um, I don't know what people's situations are and what families are like, but, um, but I'm sure it's difficult in many levels. Um, globally, it's difficult. But Lord, I pray that you give us perseverance and that you give us the stick-to-itiveness so that we would stick to you. And that we would, because of that, you would cause us to thrive. Father, um, let us not lose our first love. Father, those of you, us who are drifting even now, grab us, connect us together so that we won't drift away and lose our first love. So God, may our church not lose our first love as we move into this new year. So Father, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for your grace laying down your life for us so that we can live. In Jesus' name we pray.